Dear friends, welcome to the Midweeks again. We are going to continue on with 2 Samuel. We're in chapter 9. And this is the chapter where David shows his chesed to Jonathan. Chesed is a Hebrew term that is sometimes translated covenant faithfulness or steadfast love. It is a key idea in the entire Old Testament and a characteristic of God that he makes promises of faithfulness and he keeps them these enduring covenants of faithfulness. And so God makes covenants of faithfulness to people and people reflect God's character by keeping covenant with each other. And you might remember from 1 Samuel, I'm sure you do, Jonathan was David's, sorry, King Saul's son and should have been king after Saul. But after David defeated Goliath, Jonathan kind of, loved David as a kindred spirit. Um, And he took off his royal armor, remember that, and gave it to David and equipped him with uh, his stuff and really adopted him as a younger brother. Maybe even as a son, I'm not sure exactly how that would have worked. Jonathan was a bit older than David. Anyhow, when David fled from Saul, you'll remember, uh, they made this covenant together to take care of each other, to honor each other, to remember each other. And so they made this covenant of Hesed. And now Jonathan has died at the end of 1 Samuel. And David has uh, survived the civil war and has been established as the king of Israel by covenant with the people of Israel, as well as by military victory. And he's also received this promise from God that God is going to be faithful to his offspring. And there's almost this thematic um, echo here. God tells David, I'm going to be faithful to your offspring and keep them on the throne of Israel. And then the next thing we see is David being faithful to the offspring of his covenant friend, Jonathan. And so this is what happens. Let's read it together. Chapter 9, starting verse 1. And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And that probably is the word hesed there. I'm going to, if you'll bear with me for a sec, I'm just going to pull up my Hebrew. And I'm going to see if that's what that means. Um, Yeah. And I will do with him kindness. And so you can see that there. This word hesed is sometimes covenant faithfulness, sometimes steadfast love. But here it's translated kindness. But it's not like our English kindness where you just do something nice for somebody. It's this deep, loyal commitment. That's what he means. Verse 2, now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said to him, is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. And the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. Then the king sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, at Lodabar. Now, this is interesting. We're meeting Ziba here, and it's unclear exactly. Like Ziba shows up later in this book after the other civil war, and it seems like Ziba is an interesting character. And so one of the things that's suspicious about Ziba now is that he is a servant of the household of Saul. So he was a servant of Saul during Saul's life, and he knows that uh, Mephibosheth is out there in another city and yet Mephibosheth is not brought home and so it, what it looks like is Ziba has been living in Saul's house 
and even though he's a servant probably the chief servant he's probably started to adopt it a little bit as his own thinking you know until somebody else comes and claims this this is mine um, that kind of attitude appears maybe more later on in the book but right now this is all we know about Ziba he's a servant of Saul he knows that there's somebody who has a rightful claim to all the property he's taking care of and he hasn't done anything about it until David wants to meet Mephibosheth and so Verse 6, And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. Okay, so you have this response where he says his name and it reveals David's excitement in his heart. Um, he's never met this guy before, most likely, but because of his love for Jonathan, he already cares about Mephibosheth. And so when he greets him, he shouts his name at him. And that would even contrast him saying, are you Ziba? Which is a bit more of just like a casual conversation or investigation, interrogation. He doesn't say, are you Mephibosheth? He just shouts, you're Mephibosheth, hooray. And so Mephibosheth answers, behold, I'm your servant. Which is more intensified response than Ziba. Remember their conversation from a few verses ago, are you Ziba? And he said, I'm your servant. And now this is more intense, meaning more emotional, more important. Mephibosheth, and he answered, behold, I'm your servant. Verse 7, And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. So that's that word chesed again. I will show you covenant loyalty and steadfast love for uh, the sake of your father Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for such for a dead dog such as I. So here's David. He's the king. Um, Mephibosheth's there. You know, he fled in fear during one of the battles. I think it was the one where David or Saul died. He fled in fear and hiding and has been in hiding since the Civil War, which may be wise, as, you know, certain people of Saul's household were getting killed by other people. But now that there's peace, David is going to restore to him all that's rightfully his, his inheritance. And remember, in Israel, your inheritance is from the Lord. Your inheritance is super big deal. The whole reason why they're in the land is because God promised to Abraham and his offspring that land. And so the land that belongs to the people was not just about property. It was about having the fulfillment of God's promises. It was about having your place in God's kingdom when the kingdom was more a geographical kingdom. And so this was a big deal. And so when David is restoring the, the land of his fathers, he's actually restoring Mephibosheth to a rightful place in Israel of being under God's blessing and being in the land, of not being a sojourner. This maybe even echoes a little bit the time when David was out in the Philistines in Philistia and he was in exile, but then he was brought home to the land of Judah and welcomed as king. And so he's back in his hometown, back in his home place that is his by right as uh from the promise of, of God. And so here is Mephibosheth. Similarly, he's been in a kind of exile. Now he's being brought back to his uh, his father's land, his homeland, to fulfill the promises of God. And then there's this extra blessing, you shall eat at my table always, which is a bit of a, sounds like a fulfillment of Psalm 23. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And so here, David, um, in one sense, should be Mephibosheth's enemies in most pagan cultures when one king displaces another king he would execute all that king's sons because those people could lay a claim to the throne which would lead to civil war and so here is David 
in one sense, should want to remove Mephibosheth because Mephibosheth could make a claim for the throne, but instead says, I'm going to prepare a table for you. Even though I could be your enemy, I'm going to prepare a table before you that you can be here every day. And you can see how flabbergasted Mephibosheth is because his response is, he says, why should you show any regard for a dead dog such as I? And so he knows, you know, he, he knows what time it is. Mephibosheth knows what time it is. He knows that in any other place, or if David was like his own uh, grandfather, Saul, who tried to kill David multiple times, if David was like his own grandfather, Mephibosheth would be getting his head cut off right now. But instead of having his head cut off, he's being restored, and he's being given this ultimate honor of coming to the king's table and being treated like a brother and like a son. And so he goes like, compared to the grace I'm giving, I, I am a dead dog. I don't deserve any of this. And so this is a sign of his great humility and him accepting it. He's accepting it with humility. He doesn't say no, but he does say like, you're doing something supernatural here, David. Verse 9. Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belong to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. So this is a little bit why I think Ziba is probably not excited about this. Ziba is, has his own little kingdom going on in Saul's household. 15 sons, that's a lot of sons. That's like as many sons as a king has. 20 servants, that's a lot of servants. That's like as many servants as a small king would have. And so Mephibosheth's exaltation looks to Ziba like a humiliation. Ziba is becoming a servant again. When in one sense he was functioning as the, the ruler of his dead master's property but for Mephibosheth to be restored Ziba needs to go lower and it looks like you know chapters later Ziba's going to try to buck against that verse 11 then Ziba said to the king according to all that my lord the king commands his servant your servant will do so Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons okay so notice how that response from Ziba is completely unemotional. He just says, we'll do it. Okay, that's not a good sign. He could have said something like, the Lord bless you for all your kindness, or may the Lord bless you for your mercy upon my master's grandson, or something like that. Something that shows some approval of what's going on, but he just responds with, yes, sir, and that's it, which is a sign that he's very likely keeping his own feelings and thoughts to himself right now. And then you can see at the end of that last verse I read, that Mephibosheth being welcome to David's table is like a kind of adoption. So the same way that Jonathan adopted David by clothing him with his armor and his robes and weapons or whatever it was, now David's returning the favor to Jonathan through Mephibosheth by welcoming, welcoming him to the table of the king. Verse 12, And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So very likely Micah is at the house and being treated as the Lord now. Um, Ziba's taking care of the household, probably not loving it. Mephibosheth is living in the palace. Um, not totally sure. I'm not sure if Saul's property would have still been in uh, 
like it wouldn't have been in Jerusalem because that's not where Saul lived. Saul lived somewhere else. And so the property was actually in a different city. And Mephibosheth is living in Jerusalem with David. Verse 13. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both of his feet. And now that's mentioned a few times that he is lame in both of his feet. It's lame, mentioned at least once at the beginning and once at the end. So there's a bit of a bookend there. And again, this would just highlight the grace because Mephibosheth as a cripple is, is not somebody who's looking like he's going to benefit David directly. He's not going to be able to go and fight his battles for him. Um, instead, this is just chesed. This is just grace upon grace. This is just showing love to Mephibosheth for the sake of showing love to Jonathan. And really what this reveals is that David's heart is just like God's heart in this story. The same way David never deserved for God to make this promise that he sh his children should be kings forever. So Mephibosheth doesn't deserve what's happening to him, but uh, mercy and steadfast love are on display in the kingdom of David, revealing the character of God in Israel at a high point in the story of the people of God. Well, be blessed and have a great week. It's probably Christmas week, but I hope you're doing something really fun.